Here's one of our favourite moments from Jason Lawrence. Check out the full show on our podcast feed. Our next guest was just 18 when he was drafted to GWS. Very exciting, I think, for GWS. He retired in 2019 and wrote a book called Nowhere to Hide about footy, mental health and resilience. Welcome, Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, I'm sad that we didn't play the other uh, version of that goal commentary that... Uh, 2016. Oh, is that where they dropped the big F-bomb in yeah. the middle of it? I've got <laughs> it here. I've got it I think here. we've got it. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the centre square. <laughs> 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 it's great, isn't it? Is isn't it? Jeez, that, that, is was, um, that was, what... How eight years ago? Yeah, Jeez, no, was it eight years ago? Yeah, uh, seven years, six years ago, six years. That's bad at maths. <laughs> yeah, bad at maths. Still, it's a while. Well, yeah, I mean, two of those years were pretty bad, so we can yeah. add on an extra couple if we like. So, to go through the timeline of things, you were drafted to GWS uh, at age eighteen. Correct. A lot of responsibility for an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, I, I thought I knew what I was going to do, but yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a shock to the system moving into state. It was only ten days after I finished school, like it's, the last exam. It's wow. pretty brutal for the eighteen-year-old. Some are seventeen, right? You get drafted and you could be shipped off to anywhere. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you have to turn eighteen in your draft year now. So, yes. like previously, probably three or four years before I got drafted, you could still be seventeen. Yes, um, but yeah, it's a big move. And then you get put up with a family that you don't know or do you, are you expected to live on your own and fend for yourself? How does it work? No, we, we got relocated to Breakfast Point, which everyone thought was like sort of a commune that they moved the Giants players into. But I was with Josh Kelly and Cam McCarthy. So yeah. Josh went pick two. Uh, Cam, I think, was pick 14. So we, we sort of all got thrown in together. And I think when I was going through the draft system, I told everyone, I was like, I've got this figured out. I'm independent. You know, I know mm-hmm. how to look after myself. And they got up there and realised you have to cook and clean. and yeah. you know, Three 18-year-olds <laughs> in a bachelor pad. <laughs> Back then, um, <laughs> 2017, uh, insomnia took hold of you and you had to take some time out of the game and then you returned in 2018, but hung up the boots not long after that, walking away from an almighty contract and a couple of mil on the table, all to preserve your mental health. That's a big call, mate. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I think one of the things that's greatly mischaracterised about my end to the career is that it was just a mental health decision. I mean, I did quite a, a bit of reconciliation over the last sort of probably 12 months of my career because I'd been on the sidelines with a bad back injury for probably six or seven months and I'd really lost the passion to play the game. And mm. look, there's there's few things as difficult as playing AFL footy um, all the time, if especially, especially if you don't love it. Mm. Um, so for me, I basically got to the point where I recognised at the end of 2018 that I, I didn't want to play anymore. Um, that I, At least I felt like I, I wasn't going to get sort of up that mountain again. And I spoke to the club doctor, Gary Zimmerman, at the time and he basically said, don't make any life-changing decisions whilst you're injured. Um, get back to playing, see how the sort of experience is for you then, and then you can make a, a much more sort of uh, stable decision. I think that's really, you know, good advice that I've followed. I mean, when you're really happy or angry or sad, it's it's not good to make long-term decisions. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to really sort of characterise whether But at the, the same right time, to Tom, everybody's talking about you. Your name is up in lights. How difficult is that? As, as a relatively young bloke um, with a lot on your mind, a lot on your plate, yeah, I think the biggest difference... So when I when I was going through the draft, I was everyone's favourite child. Um, you know, they were basically... As, as the year went out in 2013, my draft year, I was injured for the vast majority of the back mm. end of the season. I'd started the, the season as well mm. as, you know, could possibly have been hoped for. By the end of the year, I'd gone from being, like, potential number one pick to definite number one pick to, is this the best player to come through the draft in the last 10 years? <laughs> what about and that? And I was injured the whole time. And then the same... 
uh, journos. And it, look, I, again, I, I don't actually don't have a, a bad sort of taste in my mouth when I talk about the media. Um, I've sort of done my time understanding that and dealing with it. But those same journalists that I dealt with and had lots of relationships with actually turned out to be the ones who were the first to go, what's going on? Why isn't Tom playing really well in his yeah, first right. season? So it was a really interesting just sort of uh, a, a human experience, I'd say, in the first and 12 months. And you're a baby. Like, you're a kid going through that stuff. It's a lot. And it's extraordinarily brave to then say, you know what, this actually isn't for me because I think a lot of people would have mm. maybe just stuck it out because they didn't want that backlash and they didn't want that criticism. Yeah, I'm I'm very pragmatic about this. So, so I was getting paid a million dollars a year. Um, the average uh, player salary is about 300 grand. Wow, um, I was taking Jesus. three players spot on the list. A million uh, bucks a year. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the seven million over seven years. You divide that yeah, equally. Yeah, yeah. That's it. yeah. I did maths <laughs> B. I got you. <laughs> but it's a it's a huge thing to walk away from. Do you regret it? Nah, not at all. Um, yeah, I, I, to you, to your point, uh, when I was looking at th- that decision, I one knew that I was taking three players' opportunities, and people that loved it wanted to do it, and were just dead set, um, you know, in terms of making it at the AFL stage. And I, I've seen players, and we've all seen players hang on to contracts. Mm. And it never ends well. I mean, you lose all the relationships you've spent your lifetime building. You leave with a bad taste in your mouth. The game doesn't agree with you well. Yeah. And, and it doesn't age. It doesn't age well. And I want it to be, you know, authentic to myself. It's, you know, I remember, like, back years and years ago when I was dating Gary and his brother Nathan was playing. And he was an extraordinary talent. And Nathan just didn't enjoy it. He actually much preferred playing local footy mm. compared to coming in and playing under this pressure cooker that was the AFL and the Cats. And he was just a much happier human not have, being under that microscope. So I can totally understand and appreciate what a life-changing decision it is. You must have the weight of the world off your shoulders because money is one thing, but money doesn't solve your problems, right? Being happy is what really matters. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that I mean. I think community sport as a whole is a vastly different experience. And, you know, in particular, there was a really stark difference between playing juniors where everyone wants you to succeed and mm. everyone's, like, basically going, what can we do to help you get to the next level? Then going to the Giants where it was sort of 20 number one uh, first round draft mm. picks going like we all have to beat each other to get in the team. Yeah. That's like a very different experience. Mm. Um, and to the money point, I mean, one of the things I think the book really um, gets to is, you know, we, we characterise happiness in many different ways. And when we look at other people, we tend to say, have they got a good job? Have they got a good family? Have they got money? Whatever, whatever it is, whatever our measure of success is. And if they have that, we go, that person should be happy and mm. I bet you they've got a great life. When I had all of that, I was at my lowest point. I hadn't slept in weeks, um, you know, and I had no idea what was going to happen next. So to get to that point, I think it's that anyone can experience challenges surrounding their mental health and, you know, particularly people who, you know, are prone to it and are under pressure and all, all sorts mm. of different things. Can I ask you one? Just a current day player, Jack Inovan, got up after a match a few weeks ago and said, I've been struggling with my mental health just because of the spotlight, the intensity of that spotlight on him, the discussion about him. Do you feel for AFL players at the moment, the scrutiny they cop, what they have to go through from day to day outside of the footy? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel for... Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel for everyone who's struggling, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm empathetic to the, the plots of for all people who have challenges surrounding their mental health. Um, I think the, the real, you know, balancing act for me in terms of this conversation is the AFL is, you know, built on attention. Mm-hmm. It's built on getting bums on seats and getting people basically to click on links and to watch games yep. and then mm-hmm. advertisement. So attention is a core component of how the game functions. And mm-hmm. so to get the money that you get paid to play at the top level, 
you need to be able to cope with the attention. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I'm that's not saying the common, it, that's the common debate that comes up yeah. when a player, you yeah. know, goes off the rails and runs out. Well, if you want bloody $4 million a year, yeah. you've got to take the pressure. Yeah. And it's I a think, catch 22. Yeah. It's, it just, it's just a direct conflict with each other all the time. And that's why well, I left. I didn't want the attention. So mate, I, I commend <laughs> you, are, you for walking away and making the decision. You are a very impressive young man, Tom. Yeah. You're right, Clint. He said this morning at six o'clock, I'll have a man crush on you. I do. <laughs> I think we not, all do. Yeah. If you're not doing anything for lunch, let me know. Uh, <laughs> overwhelmingly flattering. Um, Tom Boyd, Nowhere to Hide is the book. I urge you to go out and grab it. Tommy, we really appreciate you coming in this morning, mate. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Jason Lauren podcast. For more great content, check them out on socials at Jason Lauren.